You are listening to the Brad LaFrat Podcast, Episode 2. Today I'm talking to musician, composer, and producer Katie Day. So, let's get started. Hey everybody, Brad LaFrat here. Welcome to another episode of the Brad LaFrat Podcast. I want to thank you for listening. The podcast is produced every other Monday for you, and I encourage everyone to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You can also find the podcast on podbean.com. Make sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at Brad LaFrat Pod. That's B-R-A-D-L-A-F-R-A-T-T-E-P-O-D. And you can also follow me at Brad LaFrat. All links will be in the show notes. On today's show, I will be talking to Katie Day, who's a musician, composer, and producer, and she's also an avid Chicago Cubs fan. Katie and I discuss her passion for music, experiences performing and recording as a multi-instrumentalist and background vocalist for different bands across the country. Producing her first two EPs, Burn It to the Ground and Kids, which features her very popular Chicago Cubs victory song, By the Lakeside. We also talked about Katie's passion for the Chicago Cubs, new t-shirt design, and upcoming schedule. Today my guest is Katie Day. Katie is a musician, composer, and producer, and you might recognize her for her single, By the Lakeside, a very popular Chicago Cubs victory song, which can also be found on her 2015 EP, Kids. Katie, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, Brad. Very excited to talk to you this evening. Uh, We both share... A love for music and also our, our beloved Chicago Cubs. Katie, before we get started, can you let our listeners know where they can follow you on social media? Yes. So you can follow me on Instagram. It's just at Katie Day Music, K A T I E D A Y Music, and the same on Twitter. And then my Facebook is facebook.com slash Katie Day Music. And hey, what else is there? I don't, I don't use Snapchat yet, but I might have to get on there soon. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much it. Just another thing that will be time-consuming for me, so I'm just not doing it yet. But I don't know. I see my friends doing it all the time, and it does look fun. I gotta ask before we get into music and the Cubs, have you given into the new Pokemon app yet? <laughs> I just thought of that actually when I was talking about social media. So I'm okay. Here, actually, I've been planning on it and I'm going to, but I'm waiting until Saturday because tomorrow today, this, I, I did a show earlier today and now I'm talking to you. And then tomorrow I have a radio gig and then Friday I have a show that I have to practice for. So I'm waiting until I get through all those things. And then on Saturday, I'm just going to play Pokemon I've, Go all I've day. seen kids <laughs> running through our yard here at my house, and it's very amusing. Yeah. I think, you know, I honestly think it's great because I think it's getting people out of the house that usually wouldn't get out of the house. And uh, I just, it's nice for people to be out and active and interacting. And I, I think it's cool. So I'm definitely planning on playing. <laughs> Katie, I know we talked off air here a little bit about our appreciation for music. I know I've always had an appreciation for music, and I enjoy all genres of music. i got to be honest, I don't have the talent to fully partake any aspect of the industry, but I've (laughs) always enjoyed the work of others. I guess where I'm getting at, where did your passion for music stem from? Were you in the band growing up? Did you have someone else in your family that had a passion for music? Where did, where did that passion stem from? 
So I just, I, I basically, I mean, my parents are not musicians at all. I, um, I started taking piano lessons when I was seven and I just really loved it. And I just took to it and I, you know, just stuck with it. And then when I was in high school, I picked up the guitar on my own and I played the clarinet in the band. I don't know. So, um, but mostly, I guess I just always really loved playing the piano, and I was classically trained, so I really did love classical music growing up. But I get also my, I mean, my parents just listened to a lot of different kinds of music in the house, so I I really loved classic rock a lot when I was growing up, and just Chicago blues and Neil Young, and like those are you know major influences. Grateful Dead too, actually. And so, yeah, those were just the things that were on in the house. So I just kind of, I don't know, I always like took to it, even though my parents weren't musicians. And so um, when I was, I ended up going to Berkeley College of Music for piano um, and then moved to Nashville for a few years and did like the songwriting thing. And uh, I don't, it just, I feel like it's in my blood, even though (laughs) my, my family members are not musicians I don't know I just it's something I've always uh it's almost like a spiritual thing that it feels like I have to do it before you moved west to San Francisco you you spent time performing and recording as a multi-instrumentalist and background vocalist for different bands across the country can you talk about how those experiences help prepare you to go off on your own yeah um so since you know I I I always I've been writing songs since college but because I am like an adept instrumentalist and a lot of times people just want a female instrumentalist in the band. Um, I ended up playing with a lot of different kinds of bands like blues, country, whatever, you know, like all these like alt uh, folk and stuff. And, um, you know, I, I, there were some that I loved, some I didn't love so much, but I was, you know, kind of collecting a paycheck or whatever, but I think they really just, the last band that I was in in San Francisco, I really, really loved it. I loved the music. I loved the people in the band. But I still had this pull that I just, I, I knew that I needed to be doing my own, my own songs, basically. And I never really had the guts to put together my own band. I would play solo. I would record solo stuff. But then, you know, I, I did a lot of, like, singer-songwriter, just piano and guitar stuff on my own and then when I started doing this you know like the stuff that you would hear on burn it to the ground like the fuller band stuff I was recording most of the parts by myself in a studio but I needed a band to recreate live and uh I I finally kind of got the guts to just ask some good friends who were good musicians to play in my band and we had such a good time and I'm really glad that I ended up doing that but I think I just always had this like like nagging voice in my head when I was in other bands that I just needed to be doing my own songs because I really love writing a lot and I wanted to be able to bring the songs that I was writing to life. And I wasn't really doing that. I was just writing, sometimes recording and then not really doing much with them. So it's only been a couple of years that I've been out on my own. Um, like burn it to the ground was the first solo album that I really like put my whole heart into. And, uh, and that was just, like two years ago. So <clears throat> things have been really good since then. I'm glad that I, you know, just kind of like, you know, jumped off the cliff and was just like going for it. Cause if I didn't, you know, I, I don't know where, what I would be doing right now. You mentioned burn it to ground your uh, solo EP, which you recorded in 2014. And through my research, I see that it was featured on MTV's the real world. What was that? 
what was it like for you to see all your hard work pay off? Like you just mentioned, going off on your own and taking that risk and getting recognized on a national level. So, I mean, that was really awesome because I really put like every dime and every hour, every spare hour that I had into making that record because it was, the, you know, making that kind of music is really, it's time consuming in the studio, that which means it's expensive. So, I really put everything into it and then just had my fingers crossed and was just waiting to see if anything happened. And then um, it was actually like the week it was, it was like, it was crazy because it was just the week it was released. I didn't even play my release show yet. It was like the release show was on Friday and it was only like Wednesday. And the music supervisor from the real world uh, reached out to me because he found it on SoundCloud. Um, I don't know if I just like hashtagged things well, so he was found specifically what he was looking for or whatever, but he, you know, found it, liked it, reached out and ended up, you know, telling me that they, that everybody was into it down at the, at the offices there at MTV. And I was just like over the moon. I mean, it was, I definitely cried because I was like, okay, cool. It was worth it. (laughs) I was just glad that my work did pay off and, um, then it ended up actually being on my birthday that was the first time it was on the real world. So that was the first time that I was on national television was on, it was the 30th season premiere of the real world and it was my 30th birthday and it was in Chicago. So it was like totally magical. It was awesome. I just had friends over, we ate pizza, we watched it. (laughs) It was like a great 30th birthday. So, I mean, and that, you know, the thing about that is that it gave me the courage to keep going and do another record and like just stick with this path that I had chosen. It was really just encouraging and it made me feel like I could continue because if I had made that record and nothing happened, I don't really know what I would do because I really just put everything into it, you know? So if I, if there was no return, I mean, I might've kept going and done another one, but I would have been pretty down and out. I think. <laughs> yeah, You are, you are done. You got it right back in the studio in 2015. If my research is correct with your second yeah. EP kids. Yeah. You grew up, you grew up in the Midwest. Uh-huh. Is that, EP extended album is that a correlation in terms of inspiration for the album was that is that in correlation to your upbringing in the Midwest and your uh, love for the Chicago Cubs uh, especially with by the lakeside being on the EP yeah you know I mean specifically kids is about my upbringing the song kids is about my upbringing in the Midwest and just my friends from my hometown and and, you know, because I'm still pretty close with a lot of my friends from my hometown. So it was about just, you know, us getting together and just kind of appreciating our upbringing, I guess. And um, and by the lakeside, this also happens to be, you know, a, sort of an ode to the Midwest in a way. But that was a little bit coincidental. I mean, honestly, that the record, it was just my best songs at the time, I feel like, you know, so I got into the studio and I knew I went, I had to do the Cubs song. And that was the first one I did. Um, I, I wrote that in the fall of 2014. So I had just put out Burn It to the Ground. And then I um, was kind of on the road for the summer. And then like I put it out, I think in June, went on the road for the summer, came back. And then in the fall wrote By the Lakeside right away. And, you know, the whole, the, it's the whole album I, you know, I hope it's cohesive sonically, but those two songs in particular are about the Midwest and just, you know, the the title kid. I mean, even though I've lived all over and now I live, I just moved to LA actually at the beginning of this month um, from San Francisco, but 
uh, even though, you know, I'm in California, I still, I just have such, like, my heart is, is always in the Midwest. So I think that, that is reflected in a lot of my I know, music, I, not, I know, not just because I'm talking to you or to blow smoke up your ass, but I, I felt that By the Lakeside was not only well done, but it, it really does a good job of telling, the way I interpret it, it's telling a story of the emotional roller coaster, basically, a Chicago band goes yeah. on. And I, I just yeah. really felt that vibe, and I, I really enjoyed it, and it's so I, I lived in Boston for two World Series wins in 2004 and 2007, and I moved to San Francisco in 2010. So I lived there in 2010, 12, and 14 for the World Series wins, and it was when the Giants were in the World Series in 2014. I just couldn't, I just couldn't take it anymore. I was just like, I don't want to live through this again because I, it, I don't really feel like joining in the celebration. I did in 2004 in Boston because that was a little different. That was kind of like you know the Cups, like that was a really long drought for them. But then, um, you know, with the Giants now, I'm not, I'm not going to get out there and get drunk and, you know, like celebrate because it's not my, it's not my team to celebrate. So anyway, in October of 2014, um, when other people were out, like, you know, celebrating the World Series, I, um, I was, I watched the documentary Catching Hell about Steve Bartman, just like alone in my room, and I was totally emotional. And then the and that was like the after basically after I finished the movie that chorus just popped into my head and um I was like oh god I gotta write that down so it was one of those like some of the songs that I write take me days to write and that one took like an hour you know so I really just it the chorus popped into my head I was feeling all of these I mean I watched Catching Hell and it goes through the whole history of of all of this emotion so I was like writing on that when I wrote it, because I was feeling all of it, you know, and I have gotten such an incredible response from Cubs fans because we like they I, I know I know what they're feeling. You know, we know what what we're feeling when we, you know, listen to that. And I'm just really glad that the song actually does encapsulate it. I've tried really hard to write a follow up and it just nothing's happened really organically. So I'm just kind of going to let it be until something does happen organically. But um yeah, I mean, I I'm I, I really appreciate it when people tell me that they understand because <laughs> it is really dear yeah, to my I heart. Had to you sit know, through it. I think I went through it four times, listen from start to finish, <laughs> and it really, it really, it awesome. really does. You know, it captures all those emotions. There's the highs and lows, and I yeah. think as a Cubs fan myself, I've tried to be as even keel as possible, but it's really. There's some days where it's you're you you're gonna jump through the roof, and there's other days that are very very frustrating. Sticking with the Cubs, a passion that you know we both share. What do you make of the season up until this point? Uh, the All Star Game took place last night. Very proud of the seven All Stars. I I know Dexter Fowler did not partake last night, but I was really proud of Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo. I think they represented the Cubs yeah, really well. For sure. This season, obviously, you know, started off with a bang, and it was incredible. You know, it's it, the thing is, I have to separate the way I feel about this season with just, you know, there's me as a fan, and then there's me as this person whose career is now somehow tied to whether or not they're winning, you know? So as a fan, I feel fine about, you know, the like the recent slump. There's still, all they have to do is make the playoffs. You know, 
and they're still up seven games. And I think that, you know, I, I think that they're going to come out strong after the all-star break or, you know, they just, I think they just needed a break, but I mean, the season, it was incredible for a while, just absolutely incredible. And um, so, I mean, I have no doubt that this team is going to get through that slump and start playing better again. As far as me, the person who has this song out there, it's interesting because, you know, I just recently played a few shows like in Oklahoma and then I've, I've just been driving across like through the Midwest and the ones in Oklahoma were a watch party and then a show at like Cubs bars. And it was in the middle of the slump and I felt like, oh, this is really affecting my career right now because people aren't interested, they're not enthusiastic and they're not coming out because the Cubs are doing really bad. And so, you know, I also sometimes like will look at the analytics on like the plays on Spotify or on YouTube or whatever. <laughs> and they're not, you know, I mean, it's a huge difference when they're winning as opposed to when they're losing. So I just, I have to put that, you know, I just have to kind of put that away and not think about it and just, you know, hold tight until, you know, September and then see what's going on then and then just like, you know, hope for the best. It's just crazy because I wrote the song in 2014 when the, when they finished in last. And then last year, nobody really cared about the song until like August uh, because they didn't anticipate that the Cubs were going to be as good as they were last year. And then people really cared during the playoffs. And then this year started so strong. And I was like, oh, this is just destined. Like, this is this is perfect, you know? Like, the team's just amazing now. So, but then, you know, they slump, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is what it's like to be a Cubs fan, <laughs> you know? So I just kind of have to laugh and not be too emotionally tied up in, you know, in what's happening. And just, you know, just, there's, oh, God, it's really hard not to be superstitious and to, uh, it's, yeah. Well, I don't know. I just, now this week is just like, like the, it feels like the eye of the storm is just calm, just waiting, you know, until until baseball starts again. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But Speaking I'm of excited. the recent uh, slump, I guess you could say, putting yourself in Theo's shoes, is there a trade or trades that you would like to see the Cubs make? You know, that is a really good question. Obviously, we need bullpen arms. I don't know. I mean, maybe... Maybe I mean I've heard people say even another start another starting pitcher. I it's hard to say who you know who you would want to see go. I mean maybe I I don't want to say anybody. I could see maybe giving up like Montero, but he's such a good like clubhouse guy. I don't know. I mean I, like you have to just trust in Theo basically. You know. I feel like I don't want to make any of those calls. <laughs> what about you? What do you I think? I would like to see the Cubs get some bullpen help and middle relief. Travis Wood can't do it all himself. Then more so than at the yeah. back end, but I would not I would not uh, blink an eye if they went out and got Miller or Chapman and insert them in the closer spot mm-hmm. because I think when you get into the playoffs and you have a Bryce Harper up at, at the plate, you want a guy that's going to walk it down in the ninth inning. I know. I would, yeah. I guess I would also like to yeah. see Theo take a chance. And if there's a quality starter starting pitcher, I would like to see him go out and get a start starting pitcher. I don't quite have the confidence in Jason Hamill yeah. in the second half of the season. I've also seen rumors that in talks with the Oakland A's and trying to get Reddick Shorebird there kind of solidify mm-hmm. 
that left field spot in the rotation. I think there's room. They definitely have the money to go out and spend and get a quality pitcher or two. I definitely, I, I want to wait and see. I, there's a lot of great pieces on this team. They have so much talent in the minor league system that I don't want them to, Yeah. I don't want to get a rent a player. I'd like to see if they're going to make a big move. I like to see them get some money they can lock down to help right. not only this year, but in the future. I also, I also want to mention as we recording, I'm wearing an about damn time shirt that Katie designed. Katie, I know that my family has given their stamp of approval. They absolutely love it. Where did you get the idea for the shirt? And if a listener wants one, how can they get a hold of one? Okay. So good question. So, you know, I want, I think I want, I wanted to make sure I've actually, I've went down to spring training and, and performed down there this year but um, just at Lake Attabar for Cubs fans during spring training. And I really wanted to make shirts then to bring down there to just say it's about damn time. Because I think, I mean, I want to promote the song. I want the song to, like, sort of resonate in the hearts and minds of Cubs, of Cubs fans. Of, you know, I want Cubs fans to know this song. And right now, a lot do, but a lot definitely don't. So I just thought, like, having this shirt out there would maybe spark some questions or what you like, you know, if you wear it around, people are going to be like, oh, it's that, you know, and you can say it's from a song. And also, it just, like, it is it is about damn time. And it, I like how it's just all caps, red, block letters. It's about damn time. Like, that's exactly how we feel. <laughs> and then it, the fly the W on the back. I didn't want to put anything that's copyrighted, no Cubs logo or anything like that, but I wanted people to know that it was specifically about the Cubs. So, I mean, it's I when I I got the first I just ordered 50 of them. My brother helped me design them, and um, I know I wanted like baseball shirts. You know, I think that it's, it's like white with the blue sleeves, and then the red. It's about damn time, and then fly the W on the back. But uh, I like I ordered 50. I had no idea if anybody was gonna buy them, and they like basically sold out right away. So now I have 50 more on the way. So I right now. In the next few days, I'm planning on getting it, um, them up on my website, which is kbjmusic.com. So probably actually like end of, yeah, by the end of the week, I would say, because at that time I'll have the new order of shirts and I'll have the shop up on kbjmusic.com. Right now I've just had people reach out to me just through a direct message on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, which you can also do and order one before, you know, because. Um, if you want one, you can, you know, reach out to me that way. So it's, they're just 20 bucks plus shipping. Yeah. I've been sending them to like 20 different States. So that feels good, you know, to know that people are repping them all over the place. Uh, yeah. I really like the shirts. My brother is, uh, in advertising school, so he's pretty good at design stuff. Two part question. You mentioned a lot throughout our conversation about different appearances and performances that you've had recently. First, do you have a favorite performance or a place that you played at that really sticks in your mind? And do you have any upcoming performances or appearances that you would like our listeners to know about? Yeah. Um, well, you know, as far as my favorite venue that I've really ever played at, there was a place in San Francisco um, called Viracocha that closed down re like in the past year just because now prices there like rent is so expensive that they couldn't afford to stay open but it was like a really magical place i did do my um going away i did my going away show when i moved at the end of june at the studio where i recorded burns to the ground and kids so 
that studio is like a really iconic studio in San Francisco. It's where like the dead and CCR and like Alton Santana and all these different bands recorded in the sixties. And so I, it's just got a really good energy about it. So I did my show there and that was really, really cool. That was really fun. But, um, I have a show coming up actually on Monday, like today, the day that this is going to be released. Um, in Davenport, Iowa, at Day Trotter, which I'm really excited about. So I'm pr- like I I really am now a fan of the Quad Cities because not I not only is Day Trotter there, and actually the guy that runs Day Trotter is a huge Cubs fan. So he, I got a session there last year during the playoffs. It was like the day before the Wild Card game. It was I got to go and record a session, and then he pushed it really hard for just you know to different Cubs folks. And then um, also the podcast IVNV, the Cubs podcast. Have you ever heard IVNV before? Yes, I have. Okay, so IVNV uses my song at the end of, like, a lot of the episodes that they do. So they are based out of the Quad Cities. And so they, you know, I'm hoping to see some IVNV people out there, too. But it's, yeah, Monday, July 18th at Day Trotter and the show starts at seven. There are three acts and I'm I'm probably first or second. So um yeah, at Day Trotter and Davenport. So I'm really excited about that just because I know there will be good friends and good Cubs Cubs like Cubs family people out there. And then um I'm gonna also do I'm just gonna, you know, play the song at the um IVNV tailgate in the uh, like we're going to Milwaukee next week for a game on the twenty third. And I'm just going to play in the parking lot. <laughs> that should be fun. And then John Baker Day is in Wrigleyville on July 29th, which is a Friday. It's before the Cubs-Mariners game. So um, I think there are still tickets available for that. I can't remember the name of the bar, but if you just look up John Baker Day on July 29th, like, it'll definitely come up. And, like, those are the the things that I have booked right now. I'll probably get some more stuff going while I'm here. I'm in the Midwest for, like, three weeks right now, just visiting family and stuff. But I am particularly excited about the uh, the Day Trotter thing. That should be pretty awesome. Well, Katie, I know I appreciate your time, and I wish you all the best in your future endeavors. It sounds like you have a lot going for you right now. Thanks for listening to the Brad LaFratt Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe and rate on iTunes. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at Brad LaFratt Pod. This has been a Brad LaFratt production. Join me every other Monday for another edition of the Brad LaFratt Podcast.